everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. It has been a week in our lives. It the has. days of our lives were certainly days. They were large, thick, granular grains through the hourglass. Yes. Sometimes it got clogged a little. You need to shake that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Make it trickle down again. <laughs> Get some fleets. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we still have three bun buns, but one got sick, so that threw a wrench into sort of how we did stuff. He's doing a lot better. It's Nick, so he is acting more normally. He's on the road to recovery. I did a tarot reading for his recovery, and it seems like it, it's going to get better. This morning you did? No. Oh. The other one. But like, with the Star Trek tarot deck. Yes, I am waiting anxiously on the X-Men tarot deck from X-Men Tarot on Instagram. He did a new printing and they should be arriving this week. That's fun. Because I just figured out how to do tarot. And so far things have been pretty accurate with what I've been doing. Scarily <laughs> accurate in a way that sometimes I don't appreciate. Because you, prior to this, weren't really a big fan of astrology. No, but Star Trek Tarot. I'm like, okay. And it came with the guidebook to explain everything. Oh. Like what each card means. So. That's good. That's helpful. I think my first reading was on a a trip my aunt took after I graduated high school. And our tour guide person did it with just a plain old deck of cards. And she knew what all the things should be. Like Hmm. the three of hearts or whatever. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, there was like a, a romance component to it. Uh-huh. And then I came out. Oh. Surprise. Thank you, Tarot. <laughs> for making that happen for me. Yeah. So we are slowly recovering from a little bit of a lack of sleep. But we're here to bring everyone issue 19 of X Factor. We are indeed. And uh, we are back in... The main line, which is a lot of fun, we're continuing on with the Excel story arc. And this happened to come out in July of 2007. And summer months, really tough for pop culture, but this one had some stuff. So the first thing, Tony Parker and Eva Longoria got married on 7-7-2007. And every July 7th, I'm like, oh, this is their anniversary. I mean, they divorced years ago. I was about to say, aren't they... Yeah, they, they got super divorced, but they uh, there were articles everywhere in, like, Perez Hilton and things, like, oh, they're getting married because they both think the number seven is lucky. It's like, that's the most, like, everyone thinks that number seven is lucky, and then if you really want to be edgy, you're like, 13 is my lucky number. Fun fact, thirteen the Friday the 13th is a great day to go to an amusement park that has numbered lines. Because no one goes into line 13. And you're like, you can just walk right up and ride the roller coaster. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Hashtag Valley Fair. Oh, yeah. Our local amusement park, our only amusement park here in Minnesota. So it's basically... Uh, Well, other than Camp Snoopy and Mall of America, which isn't Camp Snoopy. It's like Nickelodeon Universe now. Yeah, it used to be Knott's, like after the people who make jam. Yes, Knott's Camp Snoopy. Um, But yeah, it's basically Six Flags. Yeah, Valley Fair is... I know they went there once because roller coasters and heights and I don't really get along. I but we went on Friday the 13th and it was fantastic. I went fifth grade class trip and a few other times. Like, I feel I went with my friends sometime in high school, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm not a roller coaster person. My first roller coaster was Disney World and it was actually a lot of fun. Oh. Like, there weren't a lot of heights to it. Oh, okay. I didn't do, like, the Aerosmith. 
rock and roller coaster or anything. Otherwise, I think mine was the state fair. Oh. Dear listener, the Minnesota State Fair is the best state fair. It's a, it's a fair. I think it's great. I go because you like to go. And But the um, Chef Yia Vang has a booth now. That's yeah. going to be super exciting and yeah. delicious. Yeah, traditional Hmong cuisine, which is wonderful. He was on an episode of the recent Netflix show. We love Iron Chef, yeah. Iron Chef yes. Um, they did like one-off episodes, basically, where it's just cook-off battles, which is what original Iron Chef is anyway. So, And he did, or does food segments for the local public television network and it's super great like interviewing chefs on what they're making so unlike what we do with america's test kitchen where we try to recreate it um you don't get the recipe but you get this really great conversation with the chef about what the food actually means to them and their family and how it all ties together and they're short and they're short and poignant and i feel like we have each had emotional moments watching like yeah and it's nice because you can just hop in and watch like this eight minute episode yeah of like this specific cultural food and learn something about the world and a culture and see this tasty food that then you want to seek out because a lot of them are local restaurateurs here in the twin cities that's how we learned about saturday dumpling club yeah it felt super great when you i ordered dumplings for the first time and we picked them up and they were like welcome to the club and I was like, oh, I belong to a club now. It's fun. That's fun. Anyway, State Fair. It's okay. fantastic. Yes. Um, another marriage that happened this month that is still existent. Oh. Rebecca Romain and Jerry O'Connell. Star Trek royalty. Yes. So, I think we can say that. Yeah. Well, they're... He's Jack Ransom in Lower Decks. Yeah, the animated Star Trek. And Rebecca Romain has done a great job with uh, Com- Commander... Yeah. Una Chin Riley, a.k.a. number one, the part originated by Michelle Barrett in the unaired pilot where they were like, you can't have your first officer be a woman. Yeah, because 60s. Yeah. Super and everything is. Like, and the uniform was a sweater and pants. Yes. And then they were like, oh, no, you have to have minis. Yeah. In the future. So uh, really happy they got together. They're an attractive couple. This was... After X, the movies X Men, yeah. Because like when we were reading the paper issues of X Factor, they would be like, "Here's some figurines." Yes. Here's the sequel that's coming. X Three came out earlier in two thousand seven. Oh yeah. Oh, I was behind. It's the third one by that point. Um, oh, that's right. Because Gene looked kind of funky. So Miley Cyrus is making history this month. Oh. And she did it by becoming the youngest artist to have two number one albums in less than a year. Is this because she was part of the Disney... Hannah Montana. Yeah. Propaganda machine. Yes. Where it tells you what you should listen to. Yes. I don't like pop culture. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hashtag angsty emo high school boy from the early 2000s. Yeah, but also her godmother is Dolly Parton. That is cool. Yeah. And, like, they have a great relationship. Oh. And uh, Miley takes a lot of her uh, creative cues in terms of, like... How she does business and things like that from Dolly, which is super smart. Dolly Parton's an amazing businesswoman. Very savvy. Beyonce Knowles. She's doing some good out here in 2007. She is making some personal visits to see fans who were injured by pyrotechnics at her concert. Oh. Everyone made a full recovery. But, oh, like, she went to the hospital and she's like, I see your halo, but not really because you're not going to die. I see your halo because you're just a great fan. Oh, that's nice. 
She probably had like an actual fan blowing her hair back as she walked into each. She has to have an assistant with one of those battery operated fans. So she always has the windswept look in her hair. To always make an entrance, as they say. As she probably does. I mean, it's Beyonce. Mm. I listened to her new album. How was it? It's very dancey. And I'm not... Like a bop? As the kids say? It, it's very much like you... If they put on this album at a gay club, it could play in its entirety. And it, no one would care. Like, it is flawless from one track to another. Like, it is Ooh, just... that's nice. Yeah. Like, it is just... Um, it's a consistent theme. Like, you can tell she really put thought into track order and what she wanted to do with the album. It's very clubby, which is not my speed. I appreciate it, and it's fun. It's just like, I don't know how many times I would listen to it. Uh-huh. In the Battle of Summer albums, I love Lizzo's new album. Oh. So good. Do you remember in college when... But I'm not punching down on Beyonce. Oh. Both can have great albums at the same time for different people who have different tastes. It's true. It's okay to have different tastes for yeah. other people. You remember in college when Madonna's album came out and it was the Madonna challenge to play it at a dance party and dance to the entire thing? No. Oh. Are you talking about confen- Confessions on a Dance Floor? The one with Hung Up and Sorry? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do not recall that. But good for you. Yeah. Did you dance the entire time? I think so. It was fun. I would get sore. I'd get tired. And this, speaking of songs, this month's song is Hey There Delilah by the Plain White Tees. Oh. Fuck this song. I cannot stand this song. I could not stand it the first time I heard it. I cannot stand it the millionth time I will hear it, which is probably like in two hours in a grocery store or something because... It continues to be everywhere. I'm glad you said from the first time you listened to it, because there's a lot of songs that I start off liking just fine, and then if the radio overplays it, I'm done with it. This song is so whiny. Hey there, Delilah. Hope you're having a good time in New York City. And it's not a healthy relationship, I thought. Because then later in the album, aren't they like, Screw you, Delilah. I did, do they have an album? I don't know who these people are. And plain white tees do not stay plain white tees. They're going to fade. Like, do you separate your whites and your colors? Because no one else does. Plain white tees. You're about to be the plain pink tees because you forgot a red sock. Oh, that's always so sad. I know. You open the washer and your mistake is right there staring at you. Every time I wear white, I immediately stain it. Like, there are some really cool shirts out there like i have a long sleeve x-men one with the original cover of the first issue on it and it's a white long sleeve i know i'm gonna wear that and somehow i'm gonna wind up a spaghetti feed that day (laughs) and i'll be like i'll avoid competing just like up against the wall trying to dodge it like yeah and i'll be like i won't eat the red sauce like i'll just eat the stuff with butter on it and i'll get like butter noodles all up in it and it's gonna be ruined i feel like you had a string of that every time we baked something at your place your shirt got stained every time like and i have a bunch of shirts from like surge towers and also art of lucas they make great fan shirts with X stuff, and eventually when they get stained and gross and everything, I'm going to make a quilt out of them mm. to that, reuse them. That would be good. Yeah, um, because I got some sewing skills. 
It's true. I make quilts. They take a long time. Dear listener, for our first anniversary, Daryl made a beautiful quilt. It is my favorite thing ever. It took a long time. It And I had to do it in secret. Some of the stuff I even did at your place while you were working. Oh, yeah. I was cutting up those fabric scraps, and then I'd have to hide them in a bag, like, under your bed, and be like, hope he doesn't have to go under there this weekend. Yeah. I never go under my bed. No. It's where a TV box lives. And the train People set. always keep your TV boxes. Word to the wise. Never throw out your TV box. Especially if you think you will move during the life of that TV. Even if there's like a little question like, will I move? Will I need to move this TV even? Keep your TV box. And even if you have a box from like the 80s or 90s where it's like a big honking TV, there's a use for that. Yeah. Like one of our Christmas ornament boxes is that. Hmm. Yeah. And... Granted, I don't know what this box was originally, but when you move and like do mirrors and stuff, you can put yeah a m- bunch of phone books on the. <laughs> people even have phone books anymore. I thought uh, you were gonna go with foam, not phone. No, but phone Get- books, and then you put the mirror down, and it sort of stabilizes it mm. within the box. Yeah, so I think it- you have to pay for phone books now. Oh, I think you have to like opt into them. I'm sure there's at least a few still in this house. I don't doubt that. I think I saw some. <laughs> um, so that's our rundown for this month. And we oh. have uh, issue 19. So what's on the cover for issue 19? What, what are we looking at here? We've got like a really great combat pose with okay. everyone. Okay. So it's an action shot. Everyone is ready literally to jump into action. Yeah. It's like... When all the superheroes sort of, like, power themselves up. Yes. Which... They're posers. You're saying they're posers. Right. Like, Siren is about to go, ee! Yes, she is. She loves doing ees. Monet is floating because, of course, she is. Yep. We stand. And Rain is in wolf form on John Guy's shoulder, who's like, ugh. And Layla is even in there. Good for her. Interesting. All right, so do we have a page here in Marvel Unlimited giving us the rundown of what we're catching up on? Because it's been a couple weeks since we talked about this storyline. It is. So There is. People did stuff. While investigating the death of one of his duplicates, Jamie Madrox discovers that Mutant Town is being occupied by the U.S. Army. The Army's presence is in response to the posturing of the Excel a paramilitary organization comprised of depowered mutants who believe the government is responsible for the current plight. Recently, the mysterious Elijah, the leader of the XL, met with Quicksilver to discuss rumors that Quicksilver can restore lost powers. Yeah, because he's evil. He is so evil. And now, after after having done Son of M, we all know why. Yeah. I mean, why um, he can well, restore powers yes. in addition to him being, like, the worst. Yes. Quicksilver agrees to help Elijah, but is cautions him that the process is dangerous. If Quicksilver is to help, he must first have someone serve as a vessel for his power. Meanwhile, back at X-Factor Detective Agency, Siren and Monet return to headquarters with Nicole, or Nicole, a young ex-mutant refugee. The team pressures Layla Miller to use her precognitive abilities to help them track XL, and, reluctantly, Layla agrees. She splits up the team, sending them to seemingly random locales, and in the process leads them to the Blob, and Fatal, XL operatives. The battle goes well until Marrow appears, ready to settle old scores. So I don't know 
much about Mero besides being a villain in X-Men Legends 1. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that Ice action Man. figure from Generation X. Yeah. Yeah. I was Ice Man and someone else was Colossus, and there was a, like, a great power combo that we um, used in that boss battle. Yeah. And so this morning I read ahead, and I kind of like Mero. Okay. Okay, we're standing Mero. I don't know what's up with her text bubbles. Why the font is so different? Mm. It's got to be a story there. Yes. Everything is pretty intentional. And the only other thing I really know about her, besides her like bone powers, mm-hmm. are, are is that she was the leader of the Morlocks. Yes. So. so our issue starts with Richter recovering from getting hit in the balls. Painful. And, yes. And... Jamie is holding a dupe who has oh, been poisoned. Yes, he's been poisoned by the blade. Yeah. Always got to watch for those. Yeah. You never know who could have a blade on them. And they're they're out on the streets. There's some... In Mutant Town, like, we've seen people get fucked up like 10 issues ago. Like, in the recent past in this book. <laughs> and they're like, this is fine. Like, we're going to... Stabby stabbing people. We're going to stand at this street corner. Yeah. It'll be fine. We're going to go in this alley. Seems like a great idea. Also, dear listener, we went to a Fringe show that one of our friends is in. Yeah, so, yes. And it's horror-ish. Horror-ish. And there was an ad for a future show that is called Stabby Stab Stab, which is fun. Yes. So, talk of blades. And so, some of the weird physics things that are happening with Jamie's powers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. He's saying that if the dupe made copies... It would dilute the poison. Which I feel, is this the first time they've brought that up? Like, we've been, dance, we've been dancing around the concept, can dupes make copies of themselves? And we decided, yes, given the sufficient energy. Okay. And so, like, Pastor John could make a dupe if he wanted to. If he was, like, super powered up. Well, he seems like he has some good energy around him. Oh. He... You know, Jesus. But the, in the Hydra issue, they were talking about how if you have Jamie holding a nuclear device and he makes a dupe, the dupe is also holding a nuclear device. Right. But does that mean that the radioactive material inside is halved yeah. from what it was? Because in this case... Is the its half-life copies, halved? No, but that would be great. Mm. Um, we could solve so many crises. Right? Yeah. So... What if we gave Jamie... Like a dodo. And he just duplicated. We just, like, repopulate... Well, monarch butterflies. We've seen butterflies in here. That's the code name for Lila. What yeah. if we? What if Jamie just held a monarch? Um, and then he duped himself a bunch. We could solve endangered species. You'd have to hold a diversity of butterflies Maybe each time. we would have him go to, like, a butterfly house. And, yes. like, catch different ones. And dupe yourself, like, a hundred times each time. Because there's like some salamanders that, whose population crashed because they were all basically clones of each other oh. and super inbred. And when a disease went through, there weren't enough mutations to... Like the House of Habsburg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the Habsburg jaw. But with this dupe, he's saying if he makes copies, the poison becomes diluted and then he can reabsorb it all. But then, A, would the poison really be diluted? Because then it just like come together as its whole again. Well, that's part. That's the second issue. Okay, what's your, what's your first issue? That why when he makes a copy, would the poison be diluted? Because it's it not, would just it, be because it's not an original yeah. thing. 
that was within Jamie? Yeah, because it, it following the logic of the previous example, which could have been an error because it was evil Nazis, like coming up with this nuclear device thing. Oh, and it was a theory that they had. Right. And, but when he absorbs them all, like, I think he'd have to wait for all his dupes' livers to make a dent in processing that poison, and then he could reabsorb them. That would make sense. True. He would not be able to absorb them immediately. Yeah. Because why would you, if you make 16 copies, A, how do you get the poison to only be 1 16th of the original and not the full? And 16 16ths is one. That's the full dose. Yes. So this is some fuzzy science. It is. Uh, we'll go along with it for the story. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Because when you turn that page... He ends up reabsorbing the dupe anyway and takes the poison in. And then he's in a little rough shape. Like, he is not fully functional. He needs functional. a timeout. Yeah. Um, then we follow Strong Guy and Rain. And I really... The art on this page is just really good. Mm. Like, Rain's wolf form... Like, the way that the fur flows is really cool. Mm-hmm. Strong guy looking great in the background. Love the tank for him. Yeah, you were talking about the art in this issue. Yeah, I do like it. What um, stands out to you? And by the way, the art's going to get real bad. Like, I, I think it's I think it's Rain's fur. Okay. The way, so texture? Yeah. Okay. It just works really well. There are a few issues. I'm not being very articulate with it, but, like, their shapes and the outfits. Um, that might be the title of the episode. The shapes, the outfits. The shapes, the outfits. <laughs> it, it's serving. It's serving colors, Henny. Like, I was going to make a Drag Race reference, but quoting Drag Race is not a personality. Oh. So I couldn't quote Drag Race much, and I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. I, I have that Pluto channel on a lot in the background. It's true, because sometimes I turn my TV and it's on RuPaul. I'm like, this isn't America's Test Kitchen slash Pro Wrestling. Yes. Since those are my two channels. Um, and she's like, yeah, I heard you. I just don't want to respond to you. But then they have a moment where Strong Guy is like, you're really different when you're in this form. And like beyond the shape of it. Mm-hmm. It's like a personality change, and and he's worried that he'll like that Rain likes being in this more primal wolf form okay. more than her human form, and I think that concept scares him. Yeah, because really she should have the option of choosing whatever form she wants. It shouldn't be like you must look like a human. Yeah, for us to like you, mm-hmm. because she can go as far wolf as she wants, like. If she's your friend, you should accept her regardless of what choice she makes on that. Um, I th- yeah, it's not really the form. It's more the change of personality. Yes. Which is the concerning part where it's like, you know, you're like really devoted to your belief system and everything when you're in your human form. But then in your wolf form, all bets are off. Like you're ripping out throats and you're like, this is fine. Yeah. I'll look at you foreshadowing. Then we get back to Monet and Siren going up against the Blob and Fatal and Mero. And Mero has a cool, like, when you get past the stabby stab, mm-hmm. like, her outfit is just kind of cool. 
There's some toned down. It, she has shoulder pads, but it's not like Romulan subcommander mm-hmm. shoulder pad level. And the green with the gold, yellow highlights looks good. It works with her pixie cut. Mm-hmm. Like it works for her. Also, I don't don't know much about Fatal, but her look is also quite good. I think from what Flink said, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, these characters showed up a little bit in the original X Factor run. Okay, that explains. And like, not even in Peter David's run on that original X Factor, but like outside of it. So he is going back to material that happened in X Factor history, no matter who wrote it. Oh, yeah. And we've seen other callbacks like Aegis. Mm-hmm. Um. And Fatal has those same sort of, like, ribbed pants that you're like, are those tights or are those pants? Are mm. those all, like, is each striation a, a pocket? Yes. What's happening? Kind of like Jean Grey's outfits. Oh. Which I could never figure out her outfits. Like, is it, why would you have a skin tone material? Yeah. Like. The 90s. It was so bad. Body dysmorphia aside. So... Monet and Siren are like, we're going to kick your butt, so you had better stand down. Also, the like banter between the two of them mm-hmm. has been continuing, and I love that theme. The friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Monet, you're not helping. What gave you the impression I was trying to? Yeah, so they this relationship really came to the forefront when they both slept with Jamie somehow. Still, yes. we don't we don't have the answer if it's a dupe or him, right? But that's what caused their trip, and now they're back. So this is all happening pretty quickly. Like this is within a few days of that incident happening. Yeah. So their friendship is becoming fun. Like I think they're accepting one another at this point. Yes, and it's a fun dynamic to just read from the outside too. It is. So, they try to bring these folks in, Blob just makes fun of them, and Monet's like, what the hell is he doing? And Siren has to interpret that he's implying that they're stooges. Mm, yes. Nyak, 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 nyak. And I couldn't figure out if that was, like, the three stooges, or just, like, it's the three stooges. stool pigeon No, stooge. context clues. My dad loved the three stooges, so I've seen a fair amount of their films. It is three stooges. Oh, okay. So... Marrow accuses them of being the other kind of stooge for the government. Right. You, They say jump, you say how high, and Siren's trying to, like, calm them down, like, you don't have all the facts, I don't have time to go through this right now, but, like, let's just wrap this up. Mm-hmm. She walks up to Marrow, which I feel is a terrible life choice, because Marrow stabs her, and <laughs> Siren starts to do her E, and Blob just lands on her. Rude. Which seems on par for his power set and then so Monet gets pissed Mm -hmm. and run or flies hovers yes head first into some electric rays from Fatal and Blob is like I don't have my powers anymore I don't know how if sitting on someone has the same effect (laughs) and Siren just goes and shoots Blob (laughs) off up into the sky bye Blob (laughs) <laughs> which is fun. And so Hashtag like, blob by. And in our previous episode from Marvel Presents, we know that Siren can problem solve her way and use her powers. Yes. Um, in the appropriate way to deal with it. 
So Richter, going back to Richter and Madrox, Richter hears a scream. He's like, "We need. I need you to pull out of this, man. Like, we gotta go." That was siren screaming. Yeah. Clearly something's up, and Madrox is like, "I'm not really okay, but sure, let's go." And then Blob lands on Jamie in his great comedic panel. It's so good. And then you get Jamie saying, something tells me this is Siren's work. (laughs) And he is correct. (laughs) So we go through. Richter turns a corner and gets shot, it looks like, by Fatal. There's a lot of bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. Bang, bang, bang. And an arg. Yes. So, like, he is selling that move as if he was a pro wrestler. Yes. Which allows Monet to get up close and sock for tall one across the jaw. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Like, Monet has no problem throwing down. No. I really like her. Yeah, I do too. It, like, nope. And it, it's not even using power. She's just like, I'm going to deck you. Right. Like, like she's you, strong, obviously. But this is. Do you want me to deck you? Like, do I want to break your other arm or just sock you across the jaw? Yeah. So. Mero tries to come to Fatal's aid, but then she gets Eid. But Siren is bleeding and sort of collapses a little. Internal but le- injuries. But at least Red goes with her outfit. Oh. Poor and- <laughs> Siren, like, she, she's gone through it. Correct. Sis, this is issue 19. <laughs> and how many times have you gotten injured? I mean, Monet, I think it's in the next issue, makes a crack about how Siren is, or two issues from now, is the most injury-prone on the team. It's true. And (laughs) Monet's saying, let's take it easy, let me apply some pressure, see if that helps. And Siren's like, oh, good, I work best under pressure. And then, like, Monet does not know her own strength in this context. Mm. And she's like, ah, damn it, Monet. (laughs) Um, so she's carting her in, and where do we go back? To X-Factor headquarters with Nicole Mm. and Layla. And the dynamic that they have here is kind of fun. And Layla sort of reveals a little bit, like, I don't know why you're here either, and it's pissing me off that I don't know things. Mm -hmm. Like, knowing stuff is sort of my deal. Yeah, it's a blind spot to her. Right. And precogs never like blind spots. No. And it's just a weird dynamic. Um, so Nicole to Layla is a creepy little girl. Meanwhile, as Nicole comments on the how nice the floor looks, Layla's like, oh, we just had it replaced because I dropped a tub on someone I didn't like and electrocuted him. Yeah. And Nicole quickly absents herself. She's like, you, Layla's like, you forgot your ice cream. And Nicole's like, you eat it. And she's like, okay. <laughs> we stand Layla. Yes. And the smelly armpits ice cream. Yes. Which is really rooty, tooty, fresh and fruity. Oh, yeah, because she got it on sale. She got a whole bunch of ice cream. She did. She used those coupon skills. <laughs> Layla Miller, extreme couponer. Okay. Oh, yeah. So if Jamie Mandrox is holding a coupon for ice cream and makes dupes... He can have so many individual transactions, and that coupon is not going to dilute its purchase power. <laughs> <laughs> it is still worth, like, one one-thousandth of a cent. 
So Rain and Strong Guy have caught up to where they're going. So Strong Guy is getting all bound up in some golden cords. A little kinky. A little kinky. Hashtag, or shout out to Watch the Safe Word, which is a great YouTube series. Um, or Golden Cords kind of reminds me of like Wonder Woman's Golden Lasso. Well, these aren't glowing. These are more segmented like a tapeworm. Oh. So less fun. Oh. Wonder Woman! And it's Abyss. I didn't know Abyss had a real name, but it's Nils Steiger. It's very Norwegian. And I do I like this look for him. Like in the video game, he's all curly cues of mm-hmm. black and purple, which is fine for a look. But in this one, he's got these like golden armor pieces and a cowl and this blue hair that goes back. Mm. It's a good look. And you get his fangs and his little eye slits and stuff, and that's cool. And his brimstone dimension. Mm. But he just picks up Strong Guy, rips Strong Guy out of Rain's grasp, and just flings him. Mm. Just throws him off the roof. Bye. You know, which I guess is a nice parallel to what Siren did to Blob. Yeah. Abyss did to Strong Guy. Yeah. And <laughs> it seems to be a pretty even match so far. Sort of. Like the bad guys get some reinforcements. Some blows in. Yeah. And then. X Factor kicks it up again a notch, mm-hmm. um, and we meet Reaper, who I don't know who this is. He's got like an eye patch like Domino, but it's both eyes and the monochromatic. Mm. He's serving. Oh no, that alien species from Farscape that Chiana is. He's serving Chiana vibes from Far- from Farscape. How okay. about that? That works. And he's carrying off Richter when Richter got blanged. It was Reaver who picked him up and not Monet. And so it doesn't seem to be bullets that were fired? Maybe it was... Energy? I don't know. Maybe energy. There were shots of something that looked like bullet strikes, and he got hit. But he doesn't seem to be bleeding. Right. And later on when he wakes up, he's not bandaged at right. all. Right. So I don't know what weapon was being used, but I don't think it was just a regular gun. Right. So Reaper is slightly metallic. Like, he's got those Colossus steel mm-hmm. stripe looks to him but also some stabby stabs coming out of his hands so like i can definitely see how this was how he was created as a villain mm-hmm. of like colossus meets wolverine but evil fair is fair. how that recipe worked. yeah um so rain and he get into it and rain kicks him in the back because she's spry in her wolf form and he mm-hmm. is lumbering and then there's a knife of who invited you, and it's Callisto. Ooh, we love a good Callisto. Who I think in mythology was a a nymph that she was hunted with Artemis. She there's definitely a Callisto, but in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and there's a Callisto moon of Jupiter. So I think eventually Zeus got to her. And uh, there's also Callisto Flockhart, Ally McBeal. McBeal. And brothers and sisters. And brothers and sisters. Don't understand that TV series. I mean, it gave us Luke McFarlane, and he is a hunk. And he's going to be in Bros with Billy Eichner this fall. Being hunky. And he was hunky in the sci-fi show Killjoys. Yeah. Which I need to go back to, because I feel like I ended it when I thought the show ended, but I think it continued a little bit more. And it's one of those shows where, like, 
it starts off and you think it's one thing and it turns into something completely different. Is it something completely different that you liked? Yes. Okay. Because the main heroine was awesome. It had one of the Ashmore twins. Not It was Aaron Ashmore. And you, Sean Ashmore was Iceman in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean does movies, or Earthsea for the TV, made for TV movies. And Aaron Ashmore did a lot of sci-fi. Okay. And I think they both did Animorphs when they were younger. Oh. So, so we have Kalisto throwing knives because she doesn't need her powers to be badass. No, she really doesn't. And it sort of turns into a Rain versus Kalisto. And Rain is about to spill the tea on M-Day. Mm. And as she's about to, she says, listen to me, Callie. The fact of the matter behind M-Day is that. And we just get a fist grabbing Rain's forearm and her going, yar! And... Going from wolf to human form as she's rendered unconscious. Mm. And it's Quicksilver, because of course it is, because he's yeah. such a yeah. dick. And, and this is where we get the follow-up from Son of M. Yes, because Kalisto was there. Yeah. She got repowered by Quicksilver. And went into a coma. Yes. Because of sensory overload. And apparently she's recovered. Yes. And still doesn't have her powers. No. And Kalisto seems to be having like a little bit of a change of heart. Like she mm. seems generally shocked and surprised at what Quicksilver had done to Rain. Yeah. And he's like, "Just leave her. I only care about Richter. Do whatever." Um, and yes, I am the one giving orders. You need to listen to me, or else. Mm. And we get this very perplexed, but also windswept Kalisto look. Mm-hmm. It's a vibe. Um, and they end up throwing Rain down a, a manhole cover. Rude. She didn't want to go down there in the first place because it smelled rank. And now they're just tossing her down there against her will. A fun fact, the Reaper and Kalisto find the piece of paper where Layla had written down, like, you need to go down this manhole at this intersection. And they were like, well, she we put her down a manhole. It's not like the exact intersection, but it's close enough. Yeah. Har, har, har. Um, then we get back to X-Factor. They're patching up Siren, who is having feelings about it. And Blob is there. He's all tied up. And Monet threatens him with, like, I don't have time to get the answers from your mind delicately. Like, I will go in there full force, leave your mind a smoking ruin in your skull. And... So you either tell us or I'm going in and you'll never be the same. Mm. And Nicole is like, is it always like this around here? And Layla just looks very nonplussed as she says, actually, this is a slow day. So Monet pulling some Charles Xavier mind invasion against people's will, like throwing it out there. I loved that in way, uh, not way of X, Legion of X, Mm. that... Night, even Nightcrawler called out Charles for being super invasive with his mental powers. Yeah. Like, I don't know if anyone writing X-Books likes Charles Xavier right now. Probably not. Like, he's acting terribly. Yeah. Um, he's committing some war crimes. Right. And if He's he, engaged in some light treason. And if Nightcrawler's calling out yeah. how invasive he's being, then... Yeah. 
And it's, it was also a nice callback because Northstar just flat out said, like, no, I'm not going to report on iBoy to you. Yeah. iBoy's going to be iBoy and you can deal with it. Yeah. Screw you, Charles. Shut down. Shut down. Yes. So we have Richter coming to. He's with Quicksilver. Quicksilver is laying the schmooze on him, buttering him up mm. because he wants Richter to be this sort of siphon. The vessel. The vessel. And Quicksilver is totally like, you're not a prisoner here. You can walk out the door whenever you want. Except. Except the panel of what shows beyond behind the door is the whole crew of people ready to fight. Yes. So. So Quicksilver won't stop him. Other people will. Yes. And Quicksilver is trying to be super persuasive in saying that they can be purified. They can be worthy of having their powers back. If they're purified through you Mm -hmm. and power or no, the earth connection that you have is what will make this work and that it's you, Richter, you have the power to help our species survive. And you get Richter with his hand on the knob and then his hand taken away from the knob. Tell me more. Yeah. And that's the end of the issue. Oh, Richter. Because he was doing so well. He was. Like, that Silver is clearly evil. Yeah. And now, like, the fruit, the carrot that is being dangled in front of him, if you will. Yeah. When it's your species survival, like... Yeah. I can, I can see how Richter would have a hard time turning away from that. Of, like, oh, you did, you found a solution to you messing up all these people. Yeah. If there's a way to do it right, that saves us. And I need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Richter. I know. And we'll find out what happens to him shortly. Yeah. So did you like the issue? Yes. I did. I don't think it was the strongest issue, but it layered enough stuff in that I like. With, like, the banter, sort of mm-hmm. the running gag situation. Um, meeting up some of the people that I've seen in other X-Books. Yeah. It kept the tempo. Not to name drop, you know, another x <laughs> Like, I feel you just say a word and it's probably a mutant. But it kept the tempo. And it, we're in the middle of a story arc. And it's building to something. Right. It's, it's ending build- with a classic cliffhanger. And, yeah, especially for Richter's storyline. Yeah. Like, that's a good hook for to keep you on the line for the next issue. Mm-hmm. It's more of his journey, and we've been with this journey since issue one. Right. And we haven't... Some of the issues leading up to this haven't been very Richter-heavy. Right. So, the... That prospect is good, and if it's a issue leading up to a climax, like, in those... Those TV episodes, or mm-hmm. in this case, this issue is not as strong. Right. But it's needed, and it builds things up so that the next one can be strong. Yep, it's part of the story. Yep. All right. Well, if I'm not mistaken, and if my spreadsheet is not incorrect, I think we get the finish of this story arc next issue. We do. So uh, we will get some answers shortly. So until then, check us out on Instagram. We are at X Factor Files Podcast on that platform check out our posts let us know how you enjoyed the issue 
And uh, pop on over to iTunes. Why not leave a review? Yeah. Yeah. We would appreciate some feedback. It's true. Otherwise, it's us, just us doing our thing and not knowing where it goes in the echo chamber. So if there's things you want covered or... Yeah. Do you like when we divert once in a while to random issues or miniseries? Are you over me being not knowledgeable about anything pop culture? Maybe there will be something someday. You missed the Saturn Awards because you had the COVID. No. Yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. Flink got to cover the Saturn Awards for 2007 with me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next time when we finish out this story arc. Take care. Bye. Bye.